0: Good morning, everybody. My name is John Gwynn. I'm one of the uh, the elders, actually one of the a new elder at the church uh, here. Um, just want to welcome you all. I'm such a new elder, I'm pretty sure I still have a new elder smell. <laughs> so if you want to check that out after the service. <laughs> but uh, I do, uh, I'm really excited to be here with you today, actually. Um, and I just wanted to take, I did want to take a minute, Um, it was just mentioned, but the Vital Church survey um, that we've been discussing, it really is an important thing for us to do. I know you've been hearing it a lot, but we just really do want to encourage you in that to um, take some time to put that, I think it's like 20 minutes long. Uh, If you have any questions, if you haven't received the email, you can go to the info center, and they can help you with that. But with that being said, let's take a minute to pray. Father, we just invite you here today. Lord, we have uh, an expectancy of what you're going to do today. Um, Lord, I pray that your word would just touch people's hearts. Lord, give me the words to speak. Help me to be um, your instrument today. Father, we invite your Holy Spirit into this place um, that you would give us just a sense of your love and your care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this morning we are going to continue our series in finding and living your calling. Um, This week's conversation is actually going to be about call to be sent. Call to be sent. Um, But I really, as I was going through and kind of the process of this, I really wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about the calling part. Because it just kept, I kept going back to that in my mind. I felt like God was kind of uh, leaning me towards talking about that a little bit. Many times when we think about um, the idea of calling, it almost seems overwhelming. It seems like such a big idea that we tend to get stuck. To be honest with you, this is something that I've been guilty of doing in the past. And so what do we do? We do nothing. It seems like such a big idea. Um, I had an illustration about this. Uh, I was thinking about, have you, you know when you, you're in a place like that and you just feel like you want to say to God, God, just, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. Just send me a letter. You know, if, if you were at the GLS, you're a boomer, you'd get a letter. If you're a Gen Xer, maybe an email <laughs> and a text for the other generations. But... Um, it's just this thought that you have of just give me the plan, just tell me what to do. And a lot of times he doesn't do that. A lot of times God, he'll give you just a little glimpse, just a little part, a little glimpse of what he wants you to do, but m- not more than that. And I had, a, I had a thought about that. Have you ever, this is kind of a, a, an illustration from those of you who are married or have a significant other. Have you ever had a hard time understanding your wife Am I the only one? Come on. <laughs> don't leave me hanging on that. Um, and you have that, I've had that same thought before with, just tell me what to do. I'm, I don't know what to do. Just tell me what to do. And um, a lot of times, the response you get back is, you should know. <laughs> you should know what I want you to do. And, you know, I've thought about that. It's the same thing with, with our relationship with God. Because what, what your wife is really saying, what she's really saying to you, is you should know me well enough to know what I want. You should have spent enough time with me to know what I want you to do. And that's what Jesus is saying to us in these situations when, when it comes to our calling. You should know me well enough. Press into me. Now, ladies, in our defense, sometimes when we say that, we really, really don't know. I've spent a lot of time with my wife through the years, and sometimes I, you're complicated. (laughs) And we're kind of simple, so (laughs) give us a break. (laughs) But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to press into him, to, to trust him, and to get to know him better. He wants that relationship with us. Um, Jesus talks about it in John, actually, in John 5, 19. Jesus says it this way. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. You know, whenever you hear that in scripture, that's that's kind of a signal. Jesus is always telling the truth, but when he says it like that, it's kind of a listen, listen here. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. So when you think about this idea of your calling, when you think about that it seems too big, God's just saying, don't get stuck. Start where you are right now, in the areas you're at right now, in the places, your work, your home, in the community, start right there and just press into him. And he'll begin to show you what he wants from you as you begin to build that relationship with him. You know, in in Luke uh, 16.10, it says this, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So sometimes, God's just looking for you to do a small thing, even if it seems insignificant. Just be faithful in him in that small thing and he'll give you bigger things as you press in to trust him more. So let's let's get into the topic of being sent. We were called to be sent. God has called us into relationship with him We're called to bring others into relationship with him. Let me say that again. God has called us into relationship with him. And because of that, because of what he did for us, he's calling us to actually bring others into relationship with him as well. Second Corinthians 5.18 says this. All this is from God, and when it's saying all this, it's it's referring actually to what he's done for us in salvation, excuse me. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God has reconciled us and he wants us to bring others to him for reconciliation as well. And the next scripture that I wanna read is from Romans, Romans 10. 13 to 15, it says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent and that is why the scripture says how beautiful are the feet of the messengers of those who bring good news so god has called us into relationship with him but it's not where it stops that's not where our story ends jesus is calling us to be sent to represent him to be his representative in the world through sharing our faith, living as Christ would, and being His hands and feet, we're called to be sent. And I wanna go through different ways, different parts of this idea of being sent. Uh, The first one is that we're called to be sent by living a life that honors God. We're called to be sent by living a life that honors God. Now, how do we live our lives means more than anything that we can actually say. When somebody knows you're a Christian, they're looking a lot more at the outward things that you're doing than than you preaching a word to them. It's so much more important that we live a life that's Christ-like when it comes to our walk with him. Um, If we don't act differently, have you ever heard people say, about a, a, somebody who's a believer in the, that's living in the world. Um, there's something different. I don't know what it is. There's something different. And that's what we really wanna live our life as, being people that actually make people stop and say what's different about them. Now, that being said, it is important to live a life, live a holy life, to live a life that's, uh, that, that's Christ-like. But that doesn't mean that we're perfect by any chance, any stretch, we're not perfect. When we try to act like we are, people can see through that so quickly. It's really kinda phony, to be honest with you. Um, So we really should, at the same time that we're living a life of faith, we should embrace our brokenness. Allow God to work through our brokenness. Your past mistakes are as much a part of your testimony as your successes are. Let me say that again. Your past mistakes are just as much a part of your testimony as your successes are. I want to talk about, there's a, uh, an ancient Japanese art called kintsugi. And kintsugi is a really, really cool idea. Um, have you ever taken, um, whatever it is, a pot, a glass, a, uh, just a knickknack whatever it is, and it breaks. And you sit there for an hour with super glue, trying to hide every little part, just this little, pick up every little piece off the floor and put it back together again, to hide the fact that that thing is broken. Well, this idea, Kintsugi actually takes it and turns that upside down. It actually takes a broken object, and turns it into something that's more beautiful than than it originally was. So it's the idea, the Japanese art, of repairing broken pottery. What you do is you mend the pottery in areas, and instead of trying to hide it, they actually form it together with precious metals like gold or different things to actually highlight, to take those breaks, repair them as part of the history of that object rather than something that's disguised. Second Corinthians 12:19 says, Paul was asking God to take away this weakness. We don't actually know what it was, but it was an area of weakness in Paul's life. And he kept asking God to take it away. And Second Corinthians says, my grace is all you need. My power works best, in weakness, so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Listen to that, so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness. How many of us like to boast about our weakness? I think our society actually really is almost detrimental in this way because we're so much concerned about our appearance. But don't be afraid to be honest about your weakness so that God can work his power through that weakness. <clears throat> the second point is we're called to be sent by building relationship. This is really important. If we're gonna represent uh, Christ to those that don't know him, the most important thing we can do is to earn people's trust, to build relationship with them. We can't go up to people we don't know. I shouldn't say we can't, we can. It's usually not very effective, and knock them over the head with the gospel, especially here in New England. People don't want to hear it that way. I was, I was um, doing some Bible study years back, and I felt like God gave an impression to me, and it, was, it kind of threw me off because he said, why is it that old houses have front porches, but new houses have decks? And I'm like, why are you asking me, like, house design questions you know but you know it made me start thinking when you think about a, a, a front porch what do you think about If so if you go to somebody's house you're uninvited you happen to go by what do you think about if they're sitting on their front porch they're having lemonade they're sitting on the swing is there a feeling of invitation with that you feel like hey i can walk up i can spend time it's inviting whereas if uh you're in your back deck, you kind of have a back deck for privacy, don't us? Now, there's nothing wrong with a back deck. I'm not you know, condemning everybody to <laughs> because they have a deck. That's not the point of what I'm making. What I'm saying is, how is our heart, what is our thought process like when it comes to being inviting and being open to people? Are we living on our front porch or are we kind of trying to hide sometimes on our back deck? The next point of calling to be sent is we're called to be sent to live a life with margin. Living a life with margin is really connected to the point I just made about spending time with people, about having relationship with people. Um, Do you have time in your day? Do you have time, do you put aside specific time to actually spend with people that don't go to church? You know, um, a few years back, I started to look and just reflect a little bit about, and I was kind of frustrated with how my time was being used because I started to realize that unintentionally I was spending time with people at church and not really much outside of that. Obviously, work, but outside of that, I really wasn't. And even with even with my family, with my with my sons and with with Anne. Um, we weren't having good quality time, so I started to um, get, in, get interested in uh, board games. Sounds kind of funny, but modern board games are actually really kind of fun. And um, <clears throat> I started to pursue that, to encourage that, to spend quality time with, with Ann. Every week we, we, we usually uh, do at least one or two games uh, with my boys. And I even go to, uh, to board game groups to actually go and spend time with people outside of the church. I know what you're thinking, board game groups? <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, you know, nerds need Jesus too, so. <laughs> but, uh, but think about, take some time, think about um, how you're spending your time. What are you doing with time outside of church and work? Do you have time set aside? Do you have specific things that you have in your life that you can spend time with people that don't know Christ? The next point that is that we're called uh, to be sent by knowing our testimony. We're called to be sent by knowing our testimony. Revelation 12, says, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the power of their testimony. Our testimony, what Christ has done for us, is the most powerful uh, thing that we have when it comes to really sharing Christ with other people. I wanna actually encourage you, if you haven't, to actually spend a little time, even write down what your testimony is. If you've been a Christian for a long time, sometimes you almost forget what you were like before, if you've actually been a Christian for a lot of years. Take some time to actually write it down, think about it. Uh, Have something to really, thought out in your head that you can really share with people. Because it really is one of the most effective tools we have as Christians to share the gospel. The next point is we're called to be sent by listening to his voice. We're called to be sent by listening to his voice. So much about being an effective uh, witness for him for, for being a representative of him to the world, is actually uh, hearing his voice, saying a word at the right time. Because sometimes saying something, even if it's, you, it sounds like a quote spiritual thing to do, if you're doing it in the wrong time, if you do it in the wrong place, it really just doesn't come across right, it falls on deaf ears. So it's really important to actually um, hear God's voice and listen to him and really be there in a timely season for people. Uh, Romans 10, 15 says, that's why the scripture says, we actually read the the beginning of this passage earlier. I just wanna focus on this last part. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. This is actually um, Romans, but. Paul was quoting Isaiah here. But this word, beautiful, is a really interesting phrase. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers. I can tell you, thank God it's not referring to feet because Anne did not marry me for my feet, for sure. (laughs) But this particular scripture, uh, this particular word in the Greek is harios. And it belongs, it's referring to belonging to the right hour the right season. I put an image up here of a a scene that's beautiful in some times, not so much in other times. And that's really what this verse is talking about. There's nothing more beautiful when you see a field of blooming flowers that are blooming right in season. There's nothing better than a ripe piece of fruit when it's in season. And that's really what this word beautiful is referring to here. It's referring to like a beautiful rose, but a beautiful rose in season at the right time. And that's really what we're called to do. We're called to actually hear his voice and be there talking a word, a phrase, an encouragement to somebody in season at the right time. Next, um, we're called to be sent by not being discouraged, by not being discouraged. Sometimes uh, it's easy to be discouraged if you share your faith with somebody and they don't, um, aren't very receptive to it. Um, Matthew 10, 14 says, "If uh, if any household or town refuses you, it's talking about when Jesus sent out the disciples, refuses to welcome you, to listen to your message, Shake the dust from your feet as you leave. You know, I was thinking about this scripture. Um, Ann and I were newly married, and we uh, moved into an apartment. And we had the idea <clears throat> that we were gonna be really friendly and reach out to our neighbors, right? So Ann baked some baked goods, and it was I'm pretty sure it was Christmas time, if I recall. So we had neighbors next door that we could never They would never speak, like when they were outside, they would just put their head down, they would be, you know, typical New Englander. Um, (laughs) And so we had the idea that we were gonna go and we were gonna bring some baked goods, some Christmas uh, cookies or whatever it was, to them um, for Christmas, kind of to break the ice. So we go over and we're all happy and smiling, we knock on the door and the door opens about this much. The person just looks out. We're like, "Hi, we're your neighbors. We just want to, just you know, wish you a happy Christmas. And here's some cookies that we baked for you." They literally didn't speak. They opened the door, took the cookies, boom. <laughs> we're like, "Merry Christmas!" <laughs> but uh, that's just a kind of a funny example. But people aren't always going to accept. Um, you know what you have for them. They're, sometimes they're going to—they're actually going to uh, literally shut the door in your face. <laughs> but uh, don't be discouraged by that. Um, shake the dust off. I, lo- I love that. I love that—that um, that imagery of shaking the dust off. It's just like forget about it. We're just going to move on. Let's shake the dust off our feet. So don't be discouraged by that. Um, the next point is that we are called to be sent. Um, by actually knowing God's word. We're called to be sent by knowing his word. This is really um, such a critical component to um, our walk with Christ, is knowing his word. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exp- it's express our innermost thoughts and desires. I love this scripture. It just, it really is um, a, a beautiful image of God's word. You know, that part where it says it's alive and powerful. I really believe that God's word can can smack you in the face. I really believe that. I really believe it's powerful enough where it can just shake you to your core. And I, I really want to encourage everybody to have a, a real sense of anticipation about that. Sometimes I feel like when we, when, um, we read the Scripture sometimes, are we really truly anticipating what God is going to do? Do we have a sense of excitement and anticipation about how he's going to move through his word. You know, there's uh, Joy Johnson actually spoke um, about what she mentioned. She called the soap it's Bible study method. I want to encourage everybody with this. This is something that's really, it's it's a really cool way of digging into the scripture. And it's simple, it's easy to remember. It doesn't take a lot of time. You can do this in 10, 15 minutes, even less if you don't have a lot of time. But what the SOAP method stands for is scripture. It's about taking a particular passage of scripture, whether it's one verse, or it's a couple verses. Writing it down. And the next part is observation. Just looking at the scripture making some points about it, making some observations about what that scripture is saying to you. What does it mean? What are some points? What is God talking to you? What are the areas that are standing out to you from that particular passage of scripture? The next point uh, is where you actually apply it. Application, where you take that scripture and you say, okay, Let's not just have this be a clinical study of the Scripture. Let's take some time to actually put it into practice in our lives. Take some action points. Write down some applications for you personally. I like to, when I'm doing it, I like to actually make something for that day that I can do, specifically for that day in that Scripture, to make it uh, applicable for right now. And then the last part of it is prayer. Um, taking some time to just spend with God, reflecting on the scripture, and um, just getting to know it better, letting it soak into your spirit. Um, so that's one thing. I'm just trying to encourage you to, to, uh, to really begin to focus more on the scripture. I know it's hard. I know time is, is busy, and it's challenging. Um, the last uh, point here is, is actually um, it's called the daily audio bible this is something that has blessed me for years Uh, it's been very significant it's been there for me in hard times in life it's been like a lifeline it's called the daily audio bible it's a podcast if you don't know if you are as we mentioned the generations if you're a baby boomer and you don't know what a podcast is find a millennial and they'll help you out (laughs) With what that is and how to set it up and how to listen to it, but what what, what you can do is, if, if for instance, if you have a commute to work, if you take the train, or you have a 20-minute, 20 25-minute commute to work, this is this is my. Uh, I've been doing this for for years. Um, taking my morning commute, putting this on and actually just listen listening to God's word. So I would encourage you to to do some things like this, to begin to really. Soak in to God's Word. Be expectant about what God's Word can do in your life, but in, through you to the life of other people. Because the more we know His Word, the more we can take it and speak it into people's lives in a timely fashion like we talked about with the word beautiful. To be there at the moment, its really it, there's nothing more exciting when you can actually speak God's word into somebody's life and you just know you just know it's the right time for that word you can see it on their face so I want to encourage you in that get, get to know God's word more soak yourself in it get, uh, get, uh, get some good habits of how you can you can actually um, get his word more into your life um, so in conclusion I wanted to talk about just summarizing what was discussed Um, our relationship with with him should empower us to share God's uh, word God's story in our lives with other people because of what he did for us our relationship should empower us to share God's word because of that because of what he did for us you know, as we've been discussing, as I've been uh, talking today, I've been mentioning a lot about relationship. I've been talking about the idea of being in communion with God, being in relationship with Him. And I, feel, I felt like I'd be remiss if I didn't give an opportunity um, this morning to actually, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, if you have not had the, the experience of knowing him in a deeper way, if you haven't taken the time to, to do that, if you haven't given your life, committed your life to him, I want to give you an opportunity today. At the end of the service, um, there's going to be some elders on the side here. They're just going to hang out. And if, you, if you're feeling right now your heart rate going up, if you're feeling right now God's talking to you, that, that, that feeling in your heart, that anticipation of what he's going to do in your life. I would encourage you, at the end of the service, we're going to sing another song, but at the end of the service, take some time to do that. Come up. Um, be prayed for. Take that step. But that's the most important step you can take in your life.